random person just showing up in someone's house and just talking in the background when you try to record a podcast is so me 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 me. Do you have a Muppet hey, in your uh, house, guys? Are we? It record- sounds like uh, Beaker. <laughs> it is Beaker. That's exactly. That's exactly who it is. I'm Professor Bunsen. Ooh, yeah, you are. You guys are right. filming the world's weirdest uh, <laughs> video, if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, is it weird or is it cinema verite? You're going to end up with like random scorches on your face like Beaker when he gets blown up. You have no idea. Yeah. Oh, my God. <clears throat> I need I need uh, Kimmy to do the Swedish chef now. this is excellent we are the do impression bad impressions of muppets podcast uh let's see here let's go with uh kermit hey guys it's kermit Kermit the frog here oh that's about wow that was significantly better that was good kimmy oh that's good since i started the chat they got you together uh if you guys are doing stuff i would like you to do it in full muppet voice later Oh yeah, that's old news. <laughs> like again, now it's in. Now we talk. And now we do that, but we're speaking in Klingon. Oh, <laughs> wow! It's very romantic. Wow. <laughs> okay, now now yeah. do the thing. Well, kapla. This thing, yeah. the thing where we are talking about how you are listening to the Gimme Five podcast, episode two eight seven, brought to you by the Gimme Five patrons. You're um, doing it again. I wanted to let you know that this is the Gimme Five podcast. A semi-entertaining show about very very entertaining things we're going to talk about pop culture entertainment pop culture some movies lots of pop culture and maybe a book or two that's involved with pop culture um there's i don't think we're doing any of those things absolutely zero of those things that's fair um and whatever else may have caught our eyeballs this week um, said balls. I did say balls. I did that for you. Balls with a Z. <laughs> My name is Kim Chi. I'm joined by Kim Word. Hi. Uh, uh, okay, you can be. Okay, and I'm also joined by Kimalama Ding Dong. Uh, Ramajam. Uh, Ramajab. Yes. And and also Kim Jong Un. Oh no. That's <laughs> <laughs> she said, wait, I don't like that one. <laughs> I don't agree. How about just no, Kim Jong-un just um, won the like just announced that he won the election uh, by 100 percent. Of course I of did. Of course he did. Yeah. By 100 percent. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Typical winning mindset. It's all the Tony Robbins books. Yeah. He, he announced um, that right after he bowled a th- right after, DNA. Right after he uh, bowled a 300 bowling game, I think. I think he bowled a 305. Right. Yeah. Right after I launched a missile, uh, seventy four uh, was seventy four seventy four miles? miles into the Sea of Japan. Absolutely, yeah. Just to just to just to fuck around and find out. <laughs> um, let's see. What are we going to talk about? Speaking of fucking around, this week, uh, oh, sixty five. Which I don't know, man. I'm dubious. 
Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, which sounds like it should be about pirates. Uh, various American Gladiators, documentaries, and no hard feelings. How are you dubious about 65, a movie about someone going back to see dinosaurs when you force Because there's us... already the perfect movie. <laughs> oh my okay, god. Great, that is a great answer. Because, I'm going to fucking throat punch one. you. <laughs> because... Because they already nailed it with a sound of thunder. So why are you doing this to me with the 65 nonsense? So the and real they... question is, have you made Kimmy watch a sound of thunder yet? No, I love her. I'm not going to. Yeah. So the truth <laughs> comes out. I don't want to. I don't want her to leave me. <laughs> nope. I don't want to have to leave. Yeah. So no, she's never going to watch a sound of thunder ever. I don't even know what that is. It's a great movie. You shut your whore mouth. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yes, he says Rob, that all the time. You say it too. Uh -huh. I always say that. <laughs> I swear. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what we should spoil is uh sixty-five. It, it's it's pretty much what's in the trailer. But we'll okay. we'll, we'll get to that. Uh so spoilers, spoiler. uh I just saw Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. Ooh. And it just came out today. So I'm not going to spoil oh, that. Mr. Because... A lot of people aren't going to be able to, like, have seen it. Um, so I won't be doing much of that, but we might spoil some things. We tend to be try to, we try to be good about it, but we're going to review stuff. And it's a lot easier to review stuff when we're not saying things like, yeah, the movie was good, uh, except for that one part where uh, something happened. And then the other part when something else happened, like, we can't do that. So, uh, and, and Omar, I will say that I love how you served up that segue on a platter, and then he just, like, knocked it out of your hands, kicked it around, <laughs> and then kind of like picked it up and used it all over again that's what i do thank you sir there's no five second rules on a segue there you go <laughs> uh, uh fair enough yeah so that's it are we getting newsy do we have news i, I got are there new things i got nothing i don't have anything either i'm sure i haven't seen anything concrete i did see i did see a story about how there's some speculation that disney might be bringing back firefly um I know I that they that. bought 20th Century Fox, and as a result of that of that purchase, they own the rights to Firefly, and there have been some rumblings, but I don't think there's been anything concrete yet, and I would be all over uh, a Firefly. If, uh... see, Movie Web says, every character we expect to see in the revival published one day ago. So, uh... Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, some of the people have like passed away for real. Um, the preacher guy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, oh, really? Yeah, and some of them became much bigger stars. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm very, very excited if that that is a thing. Just even if they put it on, so that a larger audience sees it. Well, and they and they killed Wash in uh in the movie. They killed Alan Tudyk's character in the movie in Serenity. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sucks. All right, that's exciting. That's exciting stuff. I mean, have the, you actually watched Firefly? Some of it, and I like that movie. What was the name of the movie that came out? Uh, Serenity. I just said it. That was good. Thank you. Yeah, but I'm 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 reading Florida Man stories. <laughs> it's nice that we're all doing a very different podcast, like all of us together. We. <laughs> it's like we're Later all doing on, separate podcasts and just like patching them all together. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that, none that's... of these are recorded at the same time. We can't stand each other. <laughs> <laughs> but we. 
so uh, Florida, that's where we are. Uh, did you find the Florida story that you were going to partake in? Are we doing a a retro Florida story? There's just I found yeah, like I can't get past this. I found this great. We got this. We got this covered dot com, and there's just some like it's just like little like best Florida story headlines, um, and they're just. Um, I don't know. They're really good. So let's see. Um, I'm just going to do a couple of headlines. Is that cool? I guess so. I like that one you did. Which one? The one that you said was like one paragraph. I forget what it is now. Well, they all are. There's like little blurbs. The one with the plane? Uh, Maybe. The the private plane? Was it? There's something with the box. Florida man suspected of using private plane to draw a giant radar penis. (laughs) Well, yeah, that was one. That wasn't the exact one, but. Okay, there's one where, um, let's see, there's one where Florida man arrested for crashing car into the mall, says he was trying to time travel, <laughs> except it wasn't a DeLorean and he had no flex capacitor. Dodge Chargers do not time travel, by the way. Uh. Um, yeah, that's no good. Um, police say Florida man with no arms and legs is armed and on the run. <laughs> but, wait. <laughs> but wait, he can't run. He has no legs. He's also not armed. <laughs> Hello. Zing. Um, but that one is actually I read the paragraph and it's actually very sad, so I'm not even gonna get into that one. But yeah, those are some of the good ones. Um I just I don't know. I could read my problem is I could just read Florida man stories all night. They're just so fun. Um so I'm not even gonna go. I had a friend uh, that actually would draw penises when he would use his running app. Okay. Like because it would trace out his path and he would draw giant right. penises. Actually, uh, um, one person here actually knows this friend. He was a former roommate, but I won't say his name because he's now. A, oh yeah. He's now a. Re- it's not that one. Oh. He's now a relatively high-paid attorney. Oh. <laughs> okay. In Orlando. So we'll keep that. Okay. Yeah. So no go on that one. Yeah. The one that I know, Greg. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. All right. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So anyway, Florida man arrested for calling 911 after his cat was denied entry into a strip club. No pussy uh, for the pussy. Boom. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, I could do this all night, so I'm going to move on. Florida man trapped in unlocked closet for two days. That's the one. <laughs> That's fantastic. This is actually a Florida couples case, but it, belong, but it belongs. John Arwood, 31, and Amber Campbell, 25, were found in a closet in the Daytona on the Daytona State Campus. They had they had spent a few days in the closet after they claim that an unknown assailant chased them to the college and they were hiding from him in there. They obviously tried to get out during the two days they were in the closet, but to no avail. So they called the police to come and save them. And when they located the couple, the police didn't need a key. The door had been unlocked the entire time. Well, police wait, found wait. feces on the floor. Wait, wait, wait. Which is, uh, yes, yes. They had a fucking phone, and they waited two days to call the police. I'm guessing there was drugs, and they were probably waiting to sober up before they called the police. Just a that's probably a safe bet. Or they had to use them all before they called the police. It was probably meth because that makes people super paranoid and panicky. But if he was on meth, he would have figured out how to rebuild the closet, put it back together again, <laughs> take it apart again, find a bunch of arrowheads and... for some reason. Exactly. That's such a weird thing. Like, what is it with that? What meth and meth and arrowheads? Oh, I don't know about that. But like people that make... go on meth, they they'll just go on like long walks and find arrowheads, and like well, it also makes them take apart 
air conditioners, vacuum cleaners, anything in their home that they think is either broken or there's something inside that is spying on them and they will completely oh. take it apart to make sure that that it's there's a rule okay. here don't do meth yeah right that's colin cowherd's ah, rule as well. no the that better rule fun. is if you need a handyman find someone <laughs> how, many, how many disassembled vacuum cleaners are in your house mine oh quite a few <laughs> and that's how rumors get started <laughs> psych um yeah so that's a good one uh, there was plenty of feces to go with the meth, uh, which is evidence of how much they had suffered. They probably only thought five minutes passed. Um, they were charged with trespassing, but we charged them with being hilarious. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So, well, there it is. I think I, well, I almost said something that was going to get me sued by Scientology about out of the closet and then segueing into Mission Impossible, but I won't. Nice. I won't. You won't say that. I won't. But you could have said that because it just came out. I think I'm just going to start off with Mission Impossible here and do my best to not spoil anything. Do you want to start off with it? Like spoil it? You you mentioned it. Like, are you just was it that good? And you want to say stuff? Or are you just trying to be cool? No, I just uh, I I just don't want to ruin it for anybody. Because I mean, honestly, it's it's, it's that it's, kind of it's that kind of movie where there's like you know double crosses and all that kind of stuff. So twists and turns. Yeah, so Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning came out today, 7-13-23, directed by Christopher McQuarrie, uh, starring someone named Tom Cruise, Haley Atwell. So uh, I always forget which one she is. She's, uh, Agent Cap Carter. She's Agent Carter, not Captain Carter, right? Okay. Uh, Ving I think Rames. she's Captain Carter, or I think she's uh, Captain Carter as well from the, uh, from the multiverse version of Captain America. Uh, okay, gotcha. Awesome in this, by the way. Uh, Ving Rames. I learned something about Ving Rames over the past couple days. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you know who Ving Rhames' uh, college roommate was that convinced him to go into acting? Uh, Tom Cruise. No, Stanley Tucci. Really? No shit. Yeah. It was like uh, it's like you know a weird odd couple thing, but I, I awesome. very cool. Uh, Simon Pegg, Rebecca Ferguson. Rebecca Ferguson is really good in this, but and she's also was just in Silo. So I've had a lot of Rebecca Ferguson recently. <gasps> Silo's great. Yeah. So the the lead cop lady is in this. Um, no way. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Vanessa Kirby, S.I. Morales, Palm cool. Clementoff, so uh, uh, Mantis, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, Henry oh, okay. Zerny, Shea Wiggum, love Shea Wiggum from, uh, uh, I don't know why I'm doing this, but uh, uh, crap, Nucky's brother in um, Boardwalk Empire. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, he's also um, Chief Wiggum's uh, nephew. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, I, I get it. I get it. Sorry, sorry. sorry. And uh, Carrie Elways is in this as well. Oh. Yeah. So. Is this the only, real quick, I'm sorry, is this like the only thing Ving Rames has done lately? Uh, I'm not sure. Because I, 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 he's cool and he's good. I just, he's just, I only ever see him in these. Cool dude and he wears awesome hats. Like that's all. He like, really does. He's probably just chilling. Like wouldn't you just be cool and wear cool hats? Like if you were Ving Rames, I would. I'm already there. Yeah. Uh, synopsis, Ethan Hunt well, and his IMF team. <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, it's <laughs> Ethan Hunt and his IMF team must track down a dangerous weapon before it falls into the wrong hands. Okay, so first of all, it is a Mission Impossible movie. It is – I kind of feel like Mission Impossible movies have like two eras. There's like the original era where there's not like a lot of lore behind them, like the like ep issue or issue, episode one, two, three of these. And then they started getting like really big, and that's I think when, for example, like Rob noticed that like everything would kill everybody, but they always seem to survive kind of thing. Mm. Um. This one does, of course, kind of get get into that realm. Not quite as bad as the previous ones, to be honest. Um, but 
uh, I will say it's it's good. I enjoyed it. It has ac- great action sequences. Of course, the stunts, which you always hear about, are awesome. And um, and he, everything I'm saying here is going to be in the trailer. Uh, I think it falls into one big problem, and that's I always call it like the Superman problem when like your main character, or main villain, is so powerful, or your main there's something that's so powerful that it it opens up a lot of plot holes. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing is this weapon. Again, it's in the trailer. Uh, it, they call it the entity, and it's basically a computer a computer virus that has gone. Uh, what's what word am I looking for? It's gone sentient, so it can it can basically go in and rewrite Skynet. Skynet. Pretty much, but it's more Jesse. it's more rewriting like data and truths and things like that. So like it could go do anything from like changing a map to. Uh, like making a submarine think that there's another submarine attacking it and causing it to attack, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it also makes sure that there's no McDonald's ice cream maker will ever work again. That is true. That is actually the main plot. You ruined it for everybody, you son of a... You monster! <laughs> yes, Tom, it was actually called Ethan Hunt and the Hunt for the McFlurry. But it didn't, <laughs> didn't work. Actually, that's what IMF stands for, the uh, International McFlurry. Oh, um, it's good to know. So, anyway, so for example, they the whole movie they talk about. I'm I'm pulling a Rob here. I'm just going to talk about the things I don't like, despite the fact that I enjoyed the movie. Um, <laughs> um like, is the, that the what whole, I do? Really? You're like, oh, the movie was great, except for this. This, no, no, it's it's fine. We're critiquing the movie. You're allowed to be critical. Um. So the whole thing is about like they keep on talking about how they have to go analog because this thing can in- infiltrate anything digital from the little earpieces to computers to a submarine, like I said, all that stuff. But there's a sequence. And, of course, you know in these movies that whenever Simon Pegg is on screen, he's basically there's the comic relief, right? Because mm-hmm. he's awesome sure. at it. So there's a whole thing where he's in a car and he's trying to like dr- drive and use a laptop. But because of the steering wheel, he can't really get the laptop open. So he hits the button. So this is in the middle of the movie where all, this thing is all like com- this computer program has done all sorts of terrible stuff. And he's trying to help Ethan Hunt and he slips over into the passenger seat and just hits auto drive on the car. Mm-hmm. And it's like this thing Which has is also attached to the, the internet and like nothing <laughs> happens. But like this thing in trying to stop everyone from shutting it down or stopping it or doing whatever – is doing all sorts of weird convoluted crap to put people in the right spot when they, all it had to do is just drive him off a cliff. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Because it was literally the in the <laughs> it was literally in the Austrian Alps when it was happening. So like, <laughs> it's so, not like there wasn't an opportunity so to like, drive him off. That's the, the problem. This, this computer thing is sp- so supposed to be so powerful that it opens up all these little plot holes. Like, oh, okay, well, there's every car on the road that in Italy seems to have an auto drive function because they're all like BMWs and nice cars. But this computer is not randomly rerouting th- stuff, things like that. Um, so there's that's one little issue. Um, there is a major coincidence in this movie that stops a major death from happening, and there's no and it drove me completely crazy. <laughs> and you've seen you've seen Tom Cruise on the parachute with the motorcycle, mm-hmm. and you've seen the giant long ass train. Someone's mm-hmm. about to get shot, and Tom Cruise just happens to smash through the one window on the giant train right as the guy's about to shoot somebody and takes the dude out. He's Ethan Hunt. He planned that. No, but, but it's completely coincidental because they actually make 
they actually have this grand opening where he's like, oh, like, oh, hey, hi, didn't see you there. Like, he didn't know. Like, it was completely an accident. Yeah, he played but, it off. He totally yeah. meant to do that. And then, hunt. on top of that, immediately afterwards, the parachute is still hanging out of the train. And so another dude's about to hit him, and the wind catches the parachute and slams him back against the wall, which causes the dude to, like, get smashed again between him and the wall. Right, so it's these two major Wait, coincidences. Did he put the parachute on somebody else? No, like, he he went through, and the parachute was still hanging out the window. Okay. And they do that shot, like, along the side of the train, and then the wind catches it and slams him back, and right as the, another dude is about to, like, escape with the device that they're looking for. So I was like, uh, like, that's just way too coincidental. Slams Ethan Hunt back? Yeah. Okay, that would Into the him. guy. What? That would have killed him. Yeah, maybe. If if the parachute caught enough from the train that it pulled him back to the door, I mean, you're talking like it would have ripped him out through the window. If he hits next to the window, actually, but it, either way, beyond that, it just uh, it it stops another major thing from happening, like right in a row. There's that. Uh, yeah, it's other than that, the action sequences are really good. There's some really good fight scenes. Um, all of the leads are great, and it might pay off to watch the the movie right before this and maybe two before because of um, the character of the White Widow. That's Vanessa Kirby's character. I think she played like an arms dealer in one of the previous movies. And I like was like, oh, I remember her. But like, it's... Do you need that though for the movie? You know what I mean? Like, is it like really that important? There's maybe for some jokes because they're talking a lot about how he, like Tom Cruise, uh, Ethan Hunt, had pretended to be another arms dealer Um that like seduced her and oh and that's from the previous whatever yeah so when she shows up yeah. she like is like oh look it's and uses the other name but like realizes that he was never the real person so um little things like that those are fun movies to watch anyway so i tend to you can put those on in the background but um these always are fun and the, the action is awesome usually yeah. it's weird because like no one is ever like my favorite movie series is mission impossible but they always make a shit ton of money right and like i always rush out and see him and I think it's one of those series that I bought on DVD and Blu-ray. You know, so I clearly like them as well, except for the first one. Right. Either way. They've gotten a little hokey. This one kind of reels it back the other way, to be honest. Well, these movies, the success just tells me that people cannot get enough of Ving Rhames. I I agree. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Tom Cruise, uh, not sure how he's 61 years old, because he... Hasn't aged. I mean, good doctors, I guess, or maybe high-level thetons or something. But um, it's fun. So that's all I got to say. Who's next? I don't know. What do we want to talk about next? Sixty-five. Who watched sixty-five? That was only me again. Oh my god! And if you have me two times in a row, people will actually get nauseous and vomit. Um, so let's let's do no hard feelings, and then we'll do sixty five, and then we'll we'll riff on American Gladiators. Excellent. All right. Well, I did make it out to see the new Jennifer Lawrence movie, No Hard Feelings. It was released on June twenty third of this year. It's directed by Gene Stupnitsky, which sounds like a fake made up name, but I swear to God, that's really the director's name. Sounds like one of the dudes from the those Chicago Bears skits on SNL. Mm-hmm. Gene Stupnitsky. Ah, and heart it, attack. It does star Jennifer Lawrence, Andrew Barth Feldman, uh, Laura Benanti, Matthew Broderick, 
Natalie Morales, Scott MacArthur, Evan Moss Backrack. And the basically the premise is, is on the brink of losing her home, Maddie, that's Jennifer Lawrence, finds an intriguing job listing. Parents looking for someone to bring their introverted 19-year-old son out of his shell before college. She's got one summer to make him a man or die trying. So I'm very happy that Ebon uh, Backrack is on there. The guy from The Bear. Yeah. And the, the, the movie is cute and funny. Super cringy at times um like one of those things where you laugh at it and because you're like so uncomfortable you're like oh god that sucks oh oh man that's oh god you know that kind of thing um the the there was one gigantic plot hole in the beginning that i'm not sure um how they resolved it because the whole issue is that she's living in this house. She can't pay the property taxes. So what happens is, is the county or the city or whoever it is basically repossesses her car or they seize her assets. So they take her car because she's behind on her taxes and she still owes more money. Um, So her plan is to get another car. And I'm like, wouldn't they just seize that too? If you still owe more money and you get more assets but don't pay them anything, wouldn't they just seize those assets as well? True. Anyone? Can they even can they even do that? <laughs> I I have no idea. It 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 created a weird situation where I thought about that way more than I should have. Um but you know she she relies on the uber on the uber side money to like make her bills and stuff and there's some there's some funny interactions between her and her friend and and her friend's husband and um but everything with this kid that i mean the kid is 19 and she's like 30 something like that and so she um she takes this job and it's 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 painful to watch at times. I mean, all uh, motor vehicles are not subject to a tangible personal proper tax. Oh, but they are subject to seizure and sale for payment of delinquent taxes. So there you go. Are. So she could have gotten another car, but they would have taken that as well. Now my algorithm thinks I'm, I'm like going to cheat out on my property taxes. Cause I searched it on Google. Probably. I mean, there's, there's some funny instances. There's the whole, the whole, um, there was one sequence where I was like, what the fuck? And, like, she shows up at this high school college party or whatever, and she, they, they were being, there were some kids there that were being very obnoxious and hitting on her about being a cougar and whatnot and talking about how, you know, they'd have sex with her or whatever. And she's like, why don't you go fuck him? That's more likely to happen. And they're like, oh, you think that's an insult? Because, because gay is being bad or some shit? And everybody, like, whips out their phone and they start throwing it and, you know, putting it in her face, trying to get it. And it's like, dude, you were being completely offensive to begin with. Shut your... F- uh, it, it it pissed me off a little bit. But the um, the movie itself is funny. It, it like I said, it's it's kind of it it's kind of uncomfortable at times. 
but it it is certainly not a movie that you have to go see in the theater. My, my I mean, worry was, and I, I didn't really think much about it, so when I say my worry, it was it was a passing thought, mm-hmm. not a pervading thing. It was like, okay, well, of course, they're getting into the like old older woman, young guy thing, and there's a mm-hmm. lot of different ways that can go. And my thought was not so much that they weren't aware of that or that they would do so much in the um, – so much in the script to try to get around that that it would actually make it offensive, if that makes sense? No, they were aware of it, and they leaned into it. And I think that kind of made it okay. Uh, see, that's good, because if they try to go the other way... Yeah. No, they they were aware of it, and they leaned into it. So it, so it made it okay, it made it funny, it, it you know, it made it, you know... Mm-hmm. She knew what she was doing. Like, it, so, it, it, the example I'll give is the, the some person that was literally working on my house, and he's like... You know, I'm not racist, but your neighbors are really nice. And I'm like, no one said you were racist. And my, what, what, but what? now we're all thinking it. <laughs> right? Like, my Afri- why does racism have anything to do with my really nice African-American neighbors? Like, like does it matter? Like, but it, so it was like, the, and sometimes movies will do that. Well, they're, they're like so worried about it that they actually go overboard and make it worse than it would have been if you just have the character say what the character is going to say. Yeah. Sigh. That guy got fired, by the way. Not from me. I had no, I didn't cancel anyone. I didn't say anything, but he got fired probably for other reasons related to that. Hmm. But but anyway. Yeah, I, I feel to me that's a streamer for me. Yeah, it, it it definitely is. It it's not one that you have to go see in the theater. I wouldn't recommend going to see it in the theater. You can you can certainly stream it once it's on uh once it's on video. Nice. Well, speaking of things that are now streaming, hmm. uh, we're going to talk about the sound of thunder. I mean, with guns. I thought you were making a urine joke. <laughs> speaking of things that are streaming, I'm sitting in a puddle of my own urine right now. <laughs> uh, no, we're going to talk about 65, which I'm trying to find the little notes for. And I was curious about this because I was kind of interested in seeing it when I saw the trailer for it, but then all I heard was just absolutely terrible things about it. It doesn't look... It's just a movie. It's just... Yeah. Okay, so let's go. Let's do it. Uh, 65 came out March 10th, 2023, so not too long ago. It is on Netflix right now, though. Uh, it is actually the number one movie in the country on Netflix right now. Really? Yeah, and has been for a week. Got a 5.4 rating out of 10 on IMDb. Yeah, but... Perfect. That's the sweet spot. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> That's exactly where they don't want to be. Uh, directed... It's always so really great when it's directed by Scott Beck and Brian Woods, <laughs> which means, in my mind, that someone got fired before. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it was, was also written by guys. Scott Beck and Brian Woods. Oh, okay, so maybe it started off like that. Uh, starring Adam Driver. I'm going to do all of the people. So you just sit, sit back. I'm going to do all the people involved in this movie, like actors. Uh, Adam Driver, Ariana Greenblatt, Chloe Coleman, Nika King, and Brian Dare. That's it. Uh, Chloe Coleman is the daughter in uh, uh, Dungeons and & Dragons. And she was great in this too. Uh, an astronaut crash lands, crash lands on a mysterious planet only to discover he's not alone. Also, that so he crash basically there's an asteroid. He crash lands due to some sort of asteroid situation, uh, and when he lands on this planet, he finds out it's you know it's it's breathable and there's all sorts of stuff. And then of course he finds out that there are dinosaurs on the planet. I don't 
know if they get into the fact that it might be Earth in the past because the whole 65 is supposed to be like 65 million years ago. Stupid name, by the way. Yeah. That's why I think that everyone thought it was some sort of baseball movie or something. Um, Like, really? He couldn't have come up with anything better than that? Like, I don't, Sound of Thunder, for example. Oh, God, and it was only PG-13? You're not going to see anything in that movie. Yeah, so there's uh, basically these the dinosaurs are attacked. Um, and he, of course, has very limited resources because he was just an astronaut that was supposed to bring people. And of course, they do the thing where, like, you know, the, the ship gets caught up in some asteroids, and it basically kills almost everyone on the ship in the little pods, and then the crash lands, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the... You know, it's it's interesting because the dinosaurs actually look really good. Uh, there's some really good effects and graphics and stuff like that. The budget was only about $45 million. It's actually more than that, but with tax write-offs, it ends up at $45 million. Um, and for a very small budget like that, it looks very, very good, and, it's, and it is entertaining. Um, I did like the fact that there was this constant barrage of dinosaurs. And they, they had this great moment where you see this, like, little – I don't know what type of dinosaur it is, but like you know, there's that little one that has like the dome on its head and they like it headbutts things. Like it's yeah, a dinosaur that looks yeah, it looks like that, but without the dome on its head. So it's like same size and same general thing, and it's an adolescent one, and it's stuck in some like it's stuck in a tar pit, and the girl like goes to save it, and of course that means the girl like wandered away from the camp, and Adam Driver has to go save it, which of course puts. When it wanders off, a bunch of compies go and like, like you think this thing like hobbles away and it's kind of like tired. They did a really good job making it like look tired and, and like it hadn't like it had been stuck there for a while and was exhausted. And as soon as it gets over this like tree or hill or something, it gets immediately like mauled and the girl's like, ah! but of course that brings more dinosaurs. So there's never any time when the when people feel safe, which is pretty good. Like mm-hmm. I think that it, like it's one after another after another. Like it's almost like any movie where you see like. The the big scary fish is about to bite something, and then the shark eats the fish, and then the bigger shark eats the shark kind of thing. So it's a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, the weapons are cool. Uh, the some of the the sci fi tech is actually is pretty cool. Um, they never again get into if it's in the past or if it's an alternate version of the Earth. It's very bad timing when he ends up there because of course the asteroid field is coming towards the planet. So he has to get off the planet quickly. So it's you know definitely a, kind of a a very coincidental thing pushing the plot along. Um, and uh, you know if you want just a movie that you don't have to fully pay attention to, but is still kind of entertaining, I would say this is a very good thing just to kind of put on. Um, I was kind of overthinking, so, like I was over having to think, not overthinking. I was, and I just wanted to put something on in the background and like veg out on the couch and watch it, and it was like the perfect timing for that. So while I know it's not the world's best movie, I do know it's a it was just a fun action movie where you you know has some good jump scares and good mm-hmm. like that part that you saw in the trailer with the lightning flash and you see the Tyrannosaurus outside of the cave when it like that stuff's cool. Um and you I didn't really feel the small budget. I was shocked that the budget was so small when I when I looked it up. Because the because of how good some of the dinosaurs and stuff looked. Hmm. So I guess you can do that when you only have got five actors in the thing. And most of and like three of those five actors are actually only seen in videotapes and holograms. So if you're if you haven't and it's only like ninety minutes long too. So I would say it's worth watching. 
Okay. It's not going to change. Dinosaur movies like that shouldn't be that long. We we know this now. Yeah. True. Very, very, very true. They also shouldn't be as bad as The Sound of Thunder, but here we are. Um, I kind of look at that like the one that everyone... That's like the go-to. Like, I, don't, I don't understand what the... At this yeah. point, it's actually personal for him. You have to... <laughs> whenever. Sound of Thunder Part 2. This time it's personal. <laughs> the Sound of Thunderer. God. Wrath of, <laughs> the Wrath, Wrath of Thunder. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Aye. Sound of Thunder 3. We're bringing the lightning. Yes. So good. No. Just so good. Or lightning crashes. Ooh, that's good. That's good. That's very good. Okay, I think that takes us to buff dudes in red, white, and blue. Uh, I'm right here. You got me. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I I saw the the advertisement. For the thirty for thirty American Gladiators, and my thought he was, was all like, shit. "My thought was, holy shit, we need to watch that." And I told Greg about it, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm all in on that. Let's check that out." And I was like, "All right, great." I started to watch it. I got I got sidetracked, and I didn't get to watch the entire first episode. And by the time I went back, it was effing gone, and I couldn't find it anywhere. However, a, like a week or two later, Netflix is like, "Oh." Hey, look, we know that ESPN just put out this 30 for 30 documentary on the American Gladiators, but hey, guess what? We've got a five-part miniseries. It's an unauthorized by a documentary about the American Gladiators. We'll call it Muscles and Mayhem. So I did get to watch that, and I was curious as to how they kind of compared. I believe, Greg, you watched both of them, correct? I did watch both of them. And now I'm patriotic and really good at hitting people with giant foam Q-tips. Perfect. Yeah. Nice. Well done. Yeah. So, it's interesting. Both of us had the same idea, even though you only were able to watch some of the other one, that it seemed like it was talking about two completely different shows. Yeah. And I actually really like that. Because the first one, the, so the 30 for 30 was the first one. Mm-hmm. It, this is all in my mind. I don't have any inside information the thing I like about documentaries is when a documentarian is like, you know what, this will be really interesting, and they start doing a documentary on one thing and then realize that it actually should be on something else. Like, for example, this one, it's actually a two-part one. It starts off, and it's almost like a puff piece for the dude that – I forget his name now uh, – the like guy that quote-unquote created American Gladiators. Mm-hmm. And he's this former Elvis impersonator, and he's just – weird. He's weird, and he's like, the more he talks, Ferraro. yeah, for our, like the more he talks, the more I get the feeling like this dude is really like sleazy, and like you've, right. we've all seen documentaries like that where the guys talking about this, you know, I didn't rip anyone off, this, 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 and then like they'll do like the black screen where like he stole four million dollars from people. Yeah, that's not and, him specifically, but like he's all about how he created the show. Right, and and it seemed like, at least in what I saw from the first one, it seemed like he really didn't have anything to do with the show. Other than running around telling people that this was his idea. He did, he put no effort into creating it. He put no funds into creating it. He basically just wrote it like it was his show. And like he was responsible for making all of this shit when he literally did absolutely nothing. 
Now that so, may or may not be a fair interpretation, but it really didn't seem like he had like anything production wise. So through through the the so the thirty for thirty ended up blowing up into two episodes mm-hmm. because throughout this there's a conversation about some guy. I think his name is a I forget his real name, but it's Apache is his nickname. And they start off talking about how this guy was the meanest dude on the planet, and he was a bouncer and he was a steel worker and he's from somewhere in Pennsylvania and all of this stuff. And he was all these things. And they talk about how he's not allowed to talk in the documentary because so-and-so made him sign a thing. And so they decide, well, we've heard too many times that this guy's not allowed to talk. And that's not really a thing by the way. Uh, so let's find him. Turns out he lives probably about, four miles from where I live. Like I saw what? you, you know how like when you see something on TV and you're, and you're like, Oh, that's totally Florida. Like you can just tell the way the houses are mm-hmm. and the sidewalks and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, where is this in Florida? So I Google it and it was of course like South Orlando. Um, so and then you're, that's so, my gas station. In the right. Like, <laughs> so yeah, so they do that and they talk about, um, he, and they get, they start talking to him, but this, the guy, that quote unquote supposedly started it really kind of ripped all of them off. And this one hints a little bit and it's interesting because there's different gladiators that talk in each one. There's a few that cross over. Um, I think it's uh Gemini is in both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the other ones are not because all of this video game and cereal and toy, all of that merchandising, they got nothing from it at all. Yeah. And on, top of it i don't they weren't getting like the first season that they did or the first like real season that they did they had to pay their own medical they had they didn't put down pads uh they had the the bungee what are the bungee sticks the the sticks the they were they would the be on the two different the poogee sticks are like where they were on the two different pedestals the first season they were actually the giant on q-tips a, they were on a bridge yeah the giant yeah. q-tips they were on a bridge instead and when the bridge gave out, like if you push someone back, the bridge would like give out, but it didn't give out cleanly a lot. So these people would actually like fall and then get smashed in the head by this giant bridge that was or collapsing. twist their knees and shit. And... Yeah. Um, the guy thunder ended up, uh, he fell from the thing with the, the ropes or the, 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 cir- the little, uh, circle things that they climbed across the ropes. I forget what they're called. The, the rings. Yeah, the rings. Like they were doing so like when they would do it and they would always jump. I know, I know. They would jump on the people and like hold on to them and like pull them off. Um so Thunder did it and fell and they had cheaped out on the pad inflation because one of the inflators broke, so they went and got leaf blowers. So it wasn't inflated enough and he ended up like rupturing through seven discs in his back or something. Uh in between the two documentaries, I think he actually died. <laughs> Because he was, like, gnarled up and couldn't, like, do anything because of that. Mm. Um, so there's definitely, like, there's definitely some weird stuff in the first. But it, like I said, it's you see some of the same footage, so you definitely know it's the same thing. But one is really from, like, the business angle and the money angle and things like that. And then when you watch the other one, the, the Netflix one, the Muscles of Mayhem one, that's where it gets really into the actual gladiators. And it's, I think that's almost more interesting because you – yeah, because – they were a true brother and sisterhood, which I thought was great. Like, they mentioned it a lot where it was like, 
we knew so-and-so was a lesbian, the, and we protected her. Because we didn't, because this this network was saying like, "Hey, you can't be seen." So okay, we pretended like we were with her to make sure that no, like she didn't get fired. Um, like they they covered for each other. They were this. There of course were steroid problems. And the other thing is when they did these tapings, like these dudes are athletes, and we t- they tried to make them look like they were invincible. But every episode, something like they're getting their fingers broken. Yeah, or... they were getting hurt. Um, like one of the stories I remember from from the Muscles and Mayhem. They were talking about how I forget which female gladiator it was. I want to say it was, I want to say it was lace or or ice. But they they pulled one of the competitors off the rings, and the the competitor like landed on her, and it 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 like it tore something up, and she was out for a little bit, and finally she came back. And there was another one with the human cannonball where yep. one of the female gladiators took her own knee to her face and like busted her lip open. I think she lost. She got it. No, it was uh, she got a concussion. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, that was ice, I think, or zap. One of the two. So, yeah, like stuff like that. But they did the first year. They didn't even have a medical staff. The medical staff they was literally a table with one of those metal uh, first aid kits mm-hmm. on it. And OK, get back out there. And then. Some of the the stuff that would happen was like, eventually some of the competitors started becoming like dicks. Like, there's the one that was known for being a dick, and would almost intentionally like try to land with their knees, try to, you know, when trying to do that game where they had to throw the the balls into the little wobbly things, they would like mm-hmm. throw elbows or the the dude which I forgot about Malibu, like. Because he was only there for a couple seasons. And I think like, he only made like one season, didn't he? Season one, and then season two. After season two, he left. Because season one was the weird one where it was like themed like an actual Roman Colosseum. Gotcha. Season two is when they actually changed it to look like what we're used to. And they were they were talking about how they looked at him, and they said that uh, Nitro was like, I I could always from playing football, I could look in someone's eyes and realize that they don't want to take a hit. And you knew they were in trouble and said that he saw that in Malibu. And Malibu was like, he left very early or he got kicked, fired very early. Yeah. Um, so it just, uh, it was such an over the top show. I didn't actually watch it. Um, I was always annoyed when I got home and that was like the show that was on. Oh, I see, I loved that show. Uh, see, I wanted on. like G.I. Joe and Transformers and all the other, you know, Batman animated stuff at the time. Um. I would occasionally get stuck watching it, but it was not a it wasn't a must watch TV for me. Um, yes, so you I, did you did get a chance to watch the Netflix one? I I did watch it. I watched all of it. Um, the the ones who had a really big part were uh, Zap and Nitro. Uh, and, well, and Gemini, they were in like all five of the episodes. Um, you also, we also had some appearances from, well, here, let me just give you the, um, the cast. It was, it was released on 628, the, the Netflix one, the Muscles and Mayhem was released on June 28th of this year. It does star, uh, Ray Hollett, who is also known as Zap, Danny Lee Clark, who is also known as Nitro, Michael Horton, which is Gemini, uh, a couple of the producers, the head executive, uh, Lori Fetrick, who played Ice or who was Ice. Jim Starr, who was laser, ironically, Jim, or not ironically, but Jim Starr got the job because he was roommates with Nitro 
And Nitro was afraid to tell him about the tryouts because he didn't want to lose out on the job to uh, to his roommate, Jim Starr, who was Laser. But uh, he made up for it by bringing him in on season two. Uh, and then them getting in a crazy-ass fight over what Yeah, he, did, he, like, bit his face and shit. Uh, but Nitro talks very candidly about how steroids were a thing, and he was doing it. He even went across the border to try and get uh, steroids from Mexico and got pulled and got pulled aside, and he, he's like, I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to jail. Because not only does he have the illegal steroids in the trunk, he's got a loaded handgun in his car. And um, the, I guess the... I really the, liked who Nitro became, though. Oh, yeah. Like, it was such a difference when they showed the old interviews and stuff with him and him. I don't remember all those. I don't remember, like, the, I remember the some of the names, like Nitro and stuff. Nitro was, like, the leader. He was, like, the vaguely Asian. Well, he was he was half Japanese. His story was crazy, by the way. Yeah. It was. And I, okay, I forgot which one was which, but I don't remember their, like, whatever personality from back in the day. Like, I just wanted to see people get knocked off. You just wanted to see dudes in spandex? Well, there 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 are many bulges. Some things don't change. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like his story, which since I hinted at it, he was um, he was a biracial. uh, His father was a a GI, and his mother was Japanese. And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, the father was like, just took him and his brother, and away from his mom. Like, just said, "Yeah, we're gonna go move somewhere else now." Yeah, and. Then his brother ended up dying in like a, I think a car accident or something. They don't really say. Uh, and, and and listening to the story about how he said goodbye to his mom and he started to get teared up and choked up, I was like, oh man, looking through a win, uh, window. Yeah. <laughs> but I was so happy that they showed at the end him with his mother again. Yeah, me too. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, like he was. But he's uh, he's talking about the uh, the border border patrol or the the border crossing guard and how you know he was recognized by him and he's like, look, my, my kid loves you. We're going to, we're going to throw these drugs out because you're not going to get caught with these. I'm going to write, I I think he said he wrote him a ticket or something. Um, he, he, did he take the gun or he unloaded the gun or something, but he, he basically let him go because he didn't want to ruin the guy's reputation because his son was such a big fan. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, good lucky motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but also also appearing in the documentary at various points, uh, Cherie Pendleton, who was Blaze, and actually married, I guess, the... Um, the trainer. The trainer for the joust and whatnot, mm-hmm. former Marine. Uh, Debbie Clark, who played Storm, was in it, as well as uh, Tower, Steve I, I, I know. I'm saving your life here. I know we have Marines that listen to this, because they're friends of mine. Um, there's no such thing as a former Marine. You're always a Marine. Oh, okay. they, they will they will call me out on it. Mm. Excellent. All right. Yeah. Shirley Essen, who forgive played my Sky. forgive Rob. He's my sister's cousin's kid. <laughs> and I didn't know that they had competitors who were on like multiple times. They they did have uh, Peggy Odita on there, and she was um, she was appeared on the show like three or four times. It was crazy. Uh, Durham McBee, who played Malibu, he w- he appeared, and Erica Andersh, who played Diamond, was on one episode. But um, the one that killed me was Eldon Kid. They did like a whole se- uh, a whole segment on Eldon Kid, who was a competitor on the show, 
And they went like into his history and then what happened to him after the show. And I was like, holy shit. He had like a well, weird story too. Like, well, he, he was, he was like the asshole that everyone hated kind yeah. of, but, and would trash talk and whatever. And he was going to win his, his heat, but he was refusing to do the champion show. He didn't want to stay to do the champion show. And he's like, guys, I'm not going to do that. So they made up a fucking rule and made him lose the episode because he wasn't going to do the champion show. And then, and then he went and became like a coyote and got busted. That's what it was. Taking people across the border. So he spent like 10 years in a Mexican prison. Was what? Like, what the shit? I did not see that. Yeah. It's weird because like, I've been seeing so much stuff in the 90s, like early 90s recently between that and, uh, what did I watch yesterday? I watched something. Oh, was, I watched a documentary about the Ken and Barbie killers. The other day, and uh-huh. and like you see all this stuff in the '90s, they're talking about like this person was a heartthrob. And you're looking, you're like, with that hair <laughs> and those those shoulder pads, and like this guy's got like goofy, like the way his teeth are is really goofy and stuff. And they're like, oh, he was you know, he was a good looking guy, and I'm like, really? by what standard? <laughs> like, I mean, you know, it's funny like when you look back on different decades and like how just so different everything looks, and like how. You know, people looked ridiculous, but not at the time. I mean, that's where we were. Like Everything every single woman that Dan Fielding wants to sleep with on Night Court, mm-hmm. there's only one that was remotely attractive, and it, it was Terry Hatcher, basically. I think. Oh, that's funny. It was the daughter of the um the little person that was his boss that he's supposed to like not sleep with. You, this is the episode where he goes into the closet and blows himself up with the. Uh, you are you are those. incorrect, sir. Uh, who is it? Because there was at least one more, and that was Marky Post. Oh, well, yeah, I'm sorry, but oh, I, said, I was referring to the ones that Dan wanted to sleep Well, he wanted to sleep with her, too, I guess, so you're correct. Yes, he did. Yeah. It's funny, like, we're looking at the 90s now, like you were saying, all these things are popping up. Kind of like when we were in high school, watching documentaries about the 60s or whatever, you know, Garrett. previous eras. Or, or you stay home from school and you end up watching the Brady Bunch or something like that. But, right, um, and it's like, oh, this is a retro, three's company's on. Yeah. I thought this was... I, I thought the documentary was fascinating. Like, I always know that I really like something when I want to slow down because, like, I'm like, oh, and this is this is only four, like, one more episode, four more episodes, whatever. I'm going to be sad when I'm done with this. So I, I, I actually really enjoyed this documentary. It was, I thought it was, it was very well done. Uh, and I did mention that the thirty for thirty ended up with the second part. Now the the second part, of course, was them going to find the guy. And this dude, they're supposed to be this badass, hard ass dude. He actually invented the idea of American gladiators. It was for his the small town, the steel industry was dying. So he was like, you know what? We have all these bad, these big bad dudes. Let's just make them do some of this stuff in like a, a community gym, get some money for them, and that and ended up being stolen from him and turned into a TV show. But the dude, when they finally get him after all of this, like talking about how terrible he was, he's like the nicest dude. It seems like he's well, like yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's what makes me believe that Johnny Ferraro is really just a complete douchebag because you know that he was the one that floated that idea. He was the one that stole the idea, and he's passing it off as his. And e- and even though he's passed it off as his, he did absolutely jack shit to promote it or to um to you know actually bring this to fruition. Mm-hmm. At least and that's all the what stuff he like. did do was either done on the cheap or done so poorly that they had to actually bring in that other company, mm-hmm. uh, the production company, to actually do it, and. 
I was, I did always wonder like, why did all of a sudden all the gladiators disappear? And it's like, that's when they wanted more money. They wanted to actually get paid enough to pay for the doctors to fix all the crap that was wrong and have a life. Yeah. That wasn't and Ferraro though. That was, that, that was, was the, uh, the company. Yeah. Yeah. That, that older guy that was on there. Um, and it was like, we wanted to show them that they weren't, re- that they were replaceable and like, and of course that led to ratings going down. And after seven years, the show did evaporate. There's still this like purveying thing of like, well, what if it, you know, the show could come back? And it's like, mm, I don't know. We know way too much about CTE right now to mm-hmm. to make this like, you know, let's bash each other's heads in. Um, but there are definitely some things that would be that would be interesting in a modern setting, like the tennis ball cannon thing and that that upside down track thing. Mm hmm. Which I'd forgotten I, about. I'm not going to lie. I always wanted to try assault. That's that's the one at the end where they're running from the uh, the tennis ball cannon, mm-hmm. and they're trying to hit the target above the gladiator. I always wanted to try it. Looks, <sighs> some of the other events I could have done without because I I I didn't want to get slammed by the gladiators doing the um the the ball and the canister one. I don't even remember what the event was called or the wrestling one. Mm-hmm. Um, but assault looked fun. Mm-hmm. It's it, check it out, guys. If you, I love history, and this is, you know, I think in my mind, I would love to find a way to to show the entire world's history just with documentaries and slightly realistic, more realistic movies and things like that, and like watch that and just think about everything else that was going on in the late eighties, early nineties, and with this show on top of it is just an interesting thing, I think. Check it out. Is that it? I definitely recommend checking it out. And I do believe that is it. I mean, there were a couple other things that, that we haven't talked about that we probably could get into, but I mean, I, I think that's enough to say. We can, we'll save some stuff for another episode. I, I don't think we've even talked about The Witcher. It's true. There's The Witcher. There's The Outlaws. There's, there's there's some things left to talk about, but we'll save that for the next week. Yeah. Well, is that are we ready for the question? I say I, knowing full well that I'm not, but I I, I am ready for the question. Okay. Well, let's uh, the question this week, the question of the week is, and I will also check to see if we've gotten any voicemails while while you guys are going. Um, the heck? Sorry, the guy that was a coyote actually was from a clean-cut Mormon family. Mm. Fair. Um. Anyway, uh, the question of the week is that what are the top five best uh, obstacle horse slash slash athletic slash physical based game shows? Maybe just Dallas. Uh, if it was a competition, then yes. If it was a, then that would count. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There, there's a couple of Japanese game shows that pretty much fall into the Debbie Dose Dallas thing. Uh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, okay. So. Um. So you guys get to go first as I'm reorganizing my list because it turns out that I did forget something. So. Um. Fine. I'll go first. Do it's, it. It's on me. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Um, I did do only five, and as usual, 
uh, as I usually do more than five because I can't count. But this time there's just five. But I haven't put them in order yet. Let's see. I'm going to go with number five is the Japanese one, MXC. It's kind of like a throwback. You know, it's like the original, right? Um, number four, um, one that I've seen only a little bit. Uh, and this is like so like real and raw, but the Spartan one, the Spartan race. Mm-hmm. That one's crazy. Um, number three, I'm going to go with Double Dare because that's classic from our childhoods. Uh, number two. All right. I think I'm going to do number two will be Wipeout. That show was just hilarious. It was so good. It was so good. Kimmy agrees with the Wipeout. And my I, number one, it was between, number two and one were between Wipeout and American Ninja Warrior. I'm going with American Ninja Warrior as the number one because it's so... Like that one is really well done. It's professionally done. It's not like American Gladiators where like people are, you know, landing on each other off of like poorly built bridges and all this stuff. But it's a good, I don't know. It was just like a really kick-ass show. Um, So that's my rare five, actual five, give me fives. I think it's his first one. I've done it before. It's because we threatened to hit him with a giant Q-tip. We did. It's a giant Q-tip. That's fair. Over an alligator pit. Over an oh, That's fair. Um, I can go, I guess. And y'all go. mocked this show earlier. But my number five is a one of the shows that got me through the pandemic, and that is The Floor is Lava. There you go. I did enjoy that show. I never and, watched that. Um, yeah, never it was fun. One. It was fun. And anyone that thinks it wasn't fun sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, yes, no, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it, it's got some fun little tricks and stuff like that. Although every time I watch it, all I can think about is like you watch it and these people will jump like five feet and land on like a hard table or desk on their knees and stuff. And all I can think about is like my first jump and I'm like, okay, send in first aid. <laughs> like, like You're just rolling off into the lava. Yeah. Okay. I'm good. Like those people that are like, yeah, you know, the other day, you know, I'm over 30 and I reached to pick up my backpack and I haven't been able to move my back since that kind of thing. Um, so Floor's Lava number five. It's it's fun. It's full of puns and it's on Netflix. So you can watch it anytime. Uh, number four. We actually had someone write into to us about this show. Legends of the Hidden Temple. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a, a listener who did want us to actually review it. We have not had a chance to do that because we haven't done like the old reviews in a while. But um I know some of the episodes are available on streaming and definitely on YouTube. Um, it was just fun, you know, an Indiana Jones themed kind of adventure mm-hmm. thing for kids. So, yeah. Uh, Wipeout. Don't really know much about the show, to be honest. I just really like watching people get hit very hard into a giant cold mud puddle. And that's usually what happens. So, and I think John Cena is the host and I, he's okay. So, Wipeout number three. Uh, number two, we go, we will go with American Gladiators. Uh, the one that sort of started it all when it comes to that level of physicality. And also it's fresh on my mind because of what we just watched. But number one, I think every kid on the planet wanted to be on this show. They wanted to climb into a giant nose, slide down the Sunday slide. Um, uh, yeah, double dare. I'm going to go with that. Nice. Sunday slide, uh, that's actually Omar's fetish. Really, 
like straw uh, cherries and whipped cream and and uh, hot fudge. That's uh did you see that on my? Well, how do you how do how do we how do you know that? Uh, you talk in your sleep. It was in my. It, okay, I thought you read my um, my kindergarten. My, I thought you th- I thought you meant the read the thing under my kindergarten picture. Yes, how, it was. If, how 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 did you know that? <laughs> well, I'm very surprised. It was, yeah, it was under his, yeah, it was under his uh, graduation photo yeah. from from kindergarten. Yeah, congratulations! You're seven years old now, and then it says all that. Yeah, very good. Sunday slide is my fetish. Sunday slide. All right. Well, I guess that just leaves me. Sure. I I also have the floor is lava at number five. At number four, I do have Ninja Warrior because it is damn impressive and it makes me feel less potent as a man. Um, so that's why it's only at number four. Um, at number three. At number three, I'm going to put the one that really caught my interest uh, probably in my late teens, early 20s. It was hilarious. The dubbed over version is absolutely the best. It's better than what came out afterwards, which is Wipeout, and that's MXE, Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. The, The dubbed over version of the Japanese show is hilarious. The announcers are the best. Number two is going to be the one that I watched as a kid and I wanted to participate in a bunch of the events. And that's Double Dare. But my number one is going to be the only one on the list that actually has people competing against other people. And that's going to be the American Gladiators. And in fact, I don't think they've done any other... Well, no, that's not true because there are ones like Ultimate Tag where you're running from someone or whatever. But American Gladiators was the first one that I think that actually introduced the competitive thing where you actually competed against another person on the event as opposed to just racing and trying to beat someone else's time. Nice. So well, that's my five. I think that takes us out of here. That does take us out of here. Omar, what's the contact information? Uh, the contact information is um, wipe out slash give me five slash directions to the nearest ice cream shop. This far away from him reading off his shopping list one day. Yeah, I know it, it's going to happen <laughs> at some point. You nope. can. Yeah, not, is that right? You can find us on Give Me Five Podcast dot com. You can find us. And it's on always Facebook. the number five. No, it's not. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five Podcast F I V E, not the number five. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, Give Me Five Pod, or you can and email threads. us directly. We're now on Threads. Give Me Five. We are. We are. I set us oh, up shit. on threads. I have threaded all of, I think, one time. I think I said, is it, hi. Is it give me five pod as well? Uh, yes, it's it's linked to the same thing as our Instagram. Okay. So Twitter, Instagram, and threads, give me five pod. You can also email us directly, give me five podcast at gmail.com. Please, guys, leave us a review, whatever, whatever iPod, or iPod, whatever podcast app you're using. iPod. It helps us stand out. It helps other people find us. Nano. And we do have a shop. You can go to GiveMe5Podcast.Threadless.com for all your Give Me 5 podcast needs. What are your favorite Give Me 5 uh, logos? Mine's a G.I. Joe. <laughs> it's awesome. I do like the G.I. Joe logo. That's classic. But the original no Give Me 5 podcast them. logo is pretty sweet. Yeah, it it's is. got a nice yeah, 80s vibe to it. That yeah. new uh, There's a new shirt that you see at Disney a lot now. Mm-hmm. The one that has the... 
like the old Disney logo, and I want to turn that into a a homage. You totally should. I took a I took a picture of it at one of the stores the other day. And I'm like, oh, I got to figure that out. But I'm. It's a newer know, shirt. A newer. It's Disney a new shirt, shirt of the old logo. Of like the the Walt Disney World, but it has like that rounded like square outline mm-hmm. around it. Mm-hmm. That one. Nice. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for us this evening. And remember, like I always said, you can fool all of the people some of the time. You can fool some of the people all of the time. But you can't dodge all of the shit if all the monkeys throw it at once. Oh, God. That's gross. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Thank you for triggering me. <laughs> so it's time we're